Hello and welcome everyone to the very first episode of the VGC Trainers School Podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or a newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I am Jake and I am here with Alex and Spicer and we are very, very excited to walk you through our agenda and what we have cooked up for you today. But before we get into that, let's meet our co-hosts. So Alex, hello, welcome. Hello, uh, it's great to be here. I guess for those who don't know me, um, my name is Azalite, otherwise known as Alex. I've been in the community for a while. I've been to Worlds a couple of times. I've cut a couple of regionals. I also do coaching sometimes on Metify. Check that out. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here. And I'm glad to be talking about um, probably the best mechanic we've had in a long time. I could not agree more. Yeah, I'm very excited for terrestrialization. I really fell off hard with uh, Dynamax in Swish. And uh, I think this is really shaping up to be something great. And also with us is Spicer. Uh, Spicer, how are you doing? Welcome. How are things going? Pretty good. Thank you for asking. I I actually kind of liked Dynamaxing, but you know, I guess I'm pretty weird about that. But I'm glad it's over. I think uh, that terrestrializing is way better and just uh, doesn't really tilt the game as much. I've been playing competitive Pokemon for years, but I'm more of an opportunist who saw the, a moment to to do some podcasting and share my expertise that I have with our accolades. That's great. Uh, I am in the same boat as well. And uh, it's definitely something that I've come to find where you can find great, talented people all throughout the Pokemon community, regardless of whether they've been to a regional or not. Um, I myself have not been either, but I've been playing since, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue and Gold and Silver. Um, got into competitive back at the end of generation six and have been very invested in it ever since so i am quite quite excited and ecstatic to be able to talk about this on a larger scale and really get into the nitty-gritty of the meta the teams the mechanics the um, interesting ideas that everyone has to be able to uh, really be better as a community yeah i think the strong like the biggest problem i guess with this generation is that there's a lot of things to remember now right because we can change our types uh to adapt to different situations and um as someone I, I, i've coached a couple kids recently and they it, it's a lot to remember right like and i think this will definitely help a lot of people understand better like how terrestrialization works and uh the different things you can do thanks to all the buffs we actually got to different typings in previous generations now those are applicable to almost every pokemon right because every pokemon get every type in. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's a great segue to really get into the topic at hand. So for today's podcast, we are going to cover Gen 9 as an overview from the 10,000 foot view. Really dig into what the terrestrialization mechanic is, how it works, how it functions, maybe some passive type benefits, whether you want to go offensive or, or defensive with your uh, terrestrialization for that game and also cover some new Pokemon that have been introduced with the release of Scarlet and Violet that we feel are going to be really powerful in the meta, especially for now, but also for the future. And last, we'll just end with some getting to know the hosts. Since this is our first episode, we want to sort of 
just uh, see who we are and what, you know, how we may connect with you. Um, so let's just really jump right back into that terrestrialization discussion. So just right off the bat, um, terrestrialization itself is, of course, the Generation 9 mechanic. It does offer a Pokemon the ability to um, Terra-type or terrestrialize into one of the 18 different types. So let's take a Rotom Wash, for example. A Rotom Wash, of course, is electric and water type. If it goes into Terra Electric or Terra Water, then it gets a two times power boost onto that water or electric type, but it then does lose that second type. So it becomes Terra Electric. So it's just electric. So it's no longer weak to grass. Um, or if it were go to go to, to Terra Fire, then it gets three same type attack boosts with that fire terra typing, then get, getting the standard stab bonus of 1.5 power. So that's what terrestrialization is. Um, and it's boosted with the, the move Terra Blast, which does type change based on that terra type. It's 80 base power. It's either the higher attack or special attack, depending on what's going on with that Pokemon. So that's what it is, just as a summary. Um, in your experience so far, Alex, how have you been utilizing the terrestrialization mechanic? And do you like it? Um, I definitely like it. Also, another way to phrase um, the new, I guess the extra boost you get if you Terra type into your own type, uh, it's basically just adding adaptability to the Pokemon is a good way to look at that. But uh, in regards to how I've been using it, I really like the Rotom Fire, or the Fire type Rotom that you were mentioning, actually. Um, being able to resist grass and basically turn the um, the type triangle up on its head is, is a really, really good uh, way to make Rotom even better than it already is. Um, I've also been using it offensively with Torkoal. I think that's really strong. Um, it's kind of been dying off because of the new um, Armourouge and DD combo. But and even that, uh, Armourouge is such a good Pokemon to Trostalize too, right? Because Flash Fire, um, you you basically are completely immune to the Torkoal strategies. And if you Terra into a Grass-type, you, you are immune to Amoongus. As it's Redirection and it's uh, Spore. So that's that's a really key component to this metagame. Yeah, it's it's insane. I've also seen a lot of. Uh, I mean, I've seen. I, I personally like to town. I like to terra type my town flame into a grass type, uh, and I also have a cover cloak too, just to make sure uh, if I get faked out, I can't get redirected by Moongus either. Like basically, town flame can do what it, do do what it wants to do that turn. So, um, I'm a fan of both offensive and defensive terrestrialization. Yeah, I think it seems to work pretty good if you can do both. I think a team that has both options is good, especially like Hydreigon nowadays too. Um, definitely takes advantage of that. Anything that has like a, a quad weakness, so stuff like uh, Tyranitar and Hydreigon are both really good candidates for terrestrialization. Yeah, this is like their time to shine for sure. I think something that's interesting that you also touched on, Alex, was how the existing ability of a Pokemon really does affect that Terra type that you may want to give it. Um, because the ability doesn't get overwritten or change or anything like that. It stays what it is. So like you said, you can have a grass type that is immune to fire because of flash fire, or you have other passive benefits of the terra typing, such as the special defense boost for rock types in sandstorm or being flying type and then being immune to earthquakes or other ground attacks, which is really popular right now because of the prevalence of Garchomp out there. And it's just spamming earthquake after earthquake. Yeah, I've seen stuff like flying to Mimikyu. Uh, I think that's pretty funny. Uh, I've lost the game to that just because I couldn't break the disguise. But 
Uh, I mean, then you get the rock slide weakness, right? So, like, the mechanic isn't broken. It's annoying, right? Because, like, they only have one typing now, so that nothing can be quad effective against it. But um, obviously, there are ups and downs. So, for example, stuff like, let's just say, Obama Snow or Rotom Frost. Like, if Rotom Frost turns into electric type, it loses the ice type uh, defense boost because it's only pure electric now. So, like, the mechanic is definitely balanced. But it allows more Pokemon to definitely come into the fray that didn't before. So stuff like Hydreigon, which kind of fell out of relevancy uh, after uh, X and Y came out. Well, it was still relevant, but it was not necessarily as good. Uh, mm -hmm. Fairy type. Yeah, the fairy type existed. Uh, was not very fun for it. But now that you can tear into steel, it actually is like really good. Uh, especially as a Snarl bot sometimes, like when you're Assault Dusted or just as a raw attacker to Sylveon. Like, it, it basically ruins any Sylveon's day. Right, and then I think it's still a hard generation for fairy types because of uh, certain Pokemon whose name I don't know really know how to pronounce, but might sound like Gouldango or something. Gouldango, yeah, kind of Game Freak's middle finger to fairy types. I'm definitely uh, <laughs> it. Also, and I probably one of the top three mods of this format. I will argue giving something a spread move that's base one ten and can't. Uh, it only drops your special type by one stage. That's it's insane. Absolutely, yes. Goldengo is definitely a powerful new addition to uh, the Pokemon pool to be able to draw from. It's gonna be it's difficult to evolve, um, considering you need to travel around the region to be able to collect nine hundred ninety nine little coins. But um, definitely worth it once you have assembled all of them. Um, Spicer, what has been one of your favorites terra types on a pokemon that you've had thus far anything jump out to you from your testing um i really like flying for electric types and obviously everything with levitate is kind of fun right now and then steel has always been such a great type and now everybody gets to use it yeah i'm definitely a fan of all the terra steel mons that are flying around like i said hydragon earlier I'm trying to think of some well, i mean i've seen golden go do it too but now i'm seeing golden go do more ghosts um, just because you're not like weak to earthquake, and you can beat uh, Garchomp in this, like in specific situ in specific situations where it would be nice. Um, and having the fighting immunity also, instead of gaining a fighting weakness, is quite nice. Or just keeping the fighting immunity, I guess. Right. I've seen flying for that same reason for the Garchomps. Yeah. I think the one that's been a surprise for me is paranormal. I know that extreme speed has always been sort of out there. Um, but now that when you're getting a stab boost for like Arcanine or Dragonite into, you know, a plus two priority move that has great, great damage output when you are getting that stab boost, that really works for both of those Pokemon because you get the Intimidate with Arcanine and you have just one weakness when you are in the, you know, Terra normal. Um, I think that's been kind of fun to see because it really forces the opponent to sort of scramble and be like, how am I going to take out these bulky Pokemon? Because I can only hit it for super effective damage with one type that I may not have on my team. Yeah, and then you look at the... Because, like, you're, you're normal type now, right? You gain the fighting weakness. Um, obviously, there are not many good fighting type Pokemon um, due to the prevalence of, like, fairy types and such. And also Psychic now, I guess, because, you know, Indeed, uh, Armorage is really good. Sylveon exists, too. Uh, like, like you're, weak to, you're still weak to, like, the, the body press stuff, right? Um, and that's where, like, the ups and downs come with terrestrializing. Because once you convert to that normal type, like, it's hard to come back. Like, if, if you can't knock out the things that are supporting stuff like Organical, like, uh, really, basically, Ferrothorn on crack, I don't see how you can win. Especially since, like, Dragonite lost superpower this gen. It only has low kicks. So, I mean, it still does a lot of damage, but, like, its fighting type coverage has gone down significantly. So, 
I like how Dragonite is resistant to fighting and then becomes weak to fighting. So it's kind of it's kind of a mean. Yeah, I think we've touched on a bunch of the the new Pokemon that have really been beneficial or have seen a lot of play because of Drastalization or just, you know, being new Pokemon in general and how power creep always does tend to move forward. Um, so let's talk about some of those new Pokemon that have been identified or have really shown to be very strong in the early formats, at least. Um, so we have a list here. Alex, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, I guess I'll continue with the Garganical discussion. Let's do it. I am a big fan of our Defense Body Press. Uh, for those who played in Sword and Shield, I'm sure you remember Ferrothorn. It, it was really annoying, right? Because you have barbs, uh, or iron barbs is the ability. Uh, and if you have Urshifu, right, you it's kind of hard to break it unless... Um, like, it's not very... Like, your moves are creating, right? But, like, you're not necessarily uh, getting through to it due to it having the ability to body press and kill you. And also, if you lose, you lose your Focus Ash if you hit it. So um, that was kind of rough. Um, but then Game Freak decided, yeah, let's let's make something even worse. And then Garganical was born. Uh, Salt Cure is an insane move. Uh, basically, uh, for those who remember GMAX Wildfire, uh, it's basically that, except um, it's one eighth instead of one sixth, and or one sixth of your health every taken every, at the end of every single turn. And if you are a Water or Steel type, when that move comes into contact with you, it takes a quarter of your health, which is insane. Oh wow didn't realize it was a quarter. I haven't had a chance to mess with that one yet. Yeah, so even if you like, if you Terrasalize into a water type, then there's consequences to that, right? Because if you get hit by Salt Cure, it becomes a problem. I like that they basically made a Salt type in a Pokemon just for one Pokemon. They're like, yeah, this is a Salt Pokemon. It's rock, but it's Salt. Yeah, and then like the ability too is also something that's really silly. Effectively making ghost type moves like a resistant hit i guess before this format right we had fluttermane and we'll probably get it back soon but being able to resist fluttermane and just sit there on the field and recover health like it's just such an insane it's just such an insane bulky pokemon um it definitely hasn't seen much usage well i guess not as much as like arborage and seller seru ledge there we go um it definitely uh i think it's something to definitely look out for in the future um as we progress into a more bulkier meta where it can sit around and iron defense and body press and recover. Definitely. And I mean, even looking at these base stats, 100 HP, 100 attack, 130 defense, 45 special attack, 90 special defense, and 35 speed. That is min-maxed, nearly perfect. Um, about 40 points too high in special attack. But uh, <laughs> of course, they got to throw that in there. But yeah, they did, they did a great job with this. And also, too, with Salt Cure, just another you know additional observation on that. It's taken a quarter health from steel and water. And as a rock type, that's what you're going to want to use against it. So they really did just give a lot of love to this Minecraft looking Pokemon. Yeah, it's basically just like the pinnacle of stall, I would argue. Yeah, you can tell when Nintendo or Game Freak wants Amon to be good because they're going to minimize that attack stat they don't use. Yeah, I think they knew what they were doing with the, the body press iron defense stuff too. Uh, I would argue that it's definitely balanced though, since like you have to terrestrialize to live the, uh, or, or you have to terrestrialize or stand up due to um, like Golden Go existed. And you can't even hit Golden Go either, right? So that's another uh, negative attribute to Garganical. Unless of course they also terrestrialize into a steel type. But And uh, that reminds me of another Pokemon that they gave some love to. Everybody... Uh, or well, nobody gets expanding force this gen except for uh, Armor Rouge, as I think it's pronounced. Yep. 
it's it's definitely uh i i can't believe they just took it off of everything else they, they only armorage gets it which is really really insane right like is armorage broken or is having expanding force broken i think the option of having expanding force on that po- like only that pokemon is kind of unbalanced i would argue just because like it can get a little oppressive mm-hmm. at times it's not really like a signature move and i don't think it should be i think it should have um like guard wars should still have it i think it did get it correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm right and like i don't really understand why they decided to well i mean i get the indeedy nerf uh getting rid of it on indeedy is a good idea but i don't understand why it gets it too yes and for those that are curious why this was called so moving from gen 8 to gen 9 they did remove a lot of the dlc tutor moves such as grass glide or dual wing beat or expanding force from the distribution that they had um which was to most pokemon of that type were able to learn that tutor move transitioning to paldea since perhaps that move tutor may not live there uh, they don't have the ability to all learn that. This, that's why that got changed. So yes, giving it to something that already has 125 in its special attack, getting stab, expanding force is pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, they, they realized that Grassy Glide Rillaboom was a mistake, but they didn't think this was. So I don't know. It was definitely a, an interesting choice. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I just wanted to say that as the... Def- the self-appointed fact checker real quick. It turns out that nobody gets expanding force except Armor Rouge this gen. Yeah, that's... Uh, I guess the nice thing about Armor... Uh, like, only Armor Rouge getting it. Hydreigon is definitely... Like, like a counters exist, right? It's not completely unbeatable until they run... this Until they start running Terra Fairy, right? Then we're going to have problems. But I, I don't know if that's particularly very good, but uh, it's definitely an idea. Yeah, we'll see how long it takes uh, Goldingo to get countered enough for people to feel comfortable with Terra Fairy. So Spicer, what about you? What is a Pokemon that you are interested in looking into further for VGC this year? That is a good question, and I will I will get back to you as soon as I think about it. I think I've been what? focusing on like some old Mons, to be honest, and how they fit in with the new Mons. I'm like, this is my time for Oranguru to shine. What do you think of King Gambit? I think King Gambit is very interesting because that is a Pokemon that has, so that is a new regional evolution for Bisharp. It really has quite the glow up. It goes up to 135 in attack, 100 in HP, 120 in defense, and 50 for speed. It keeps Defiant as one of its abilities and gets a new one called Supreme Overlord. This Pokemon's attack and special attack raised by 10% for fainted teammates. So this can be something that can come in at the end with its great defenses or maybe under Trick Room. It gets Sucker Punch. And if you are going with Supreme or Overlord, your attack just goes higher and higher depending on how many Pokemon you are avenging the death of. Kink Gamma for me is something that is very interesting. It has that Dark Steel typing, which would be four times super effective for fighting attacks, but I've seen it just go Mono Dark or Mono Steel. And then that four times weakness, of course, goes away. Um, it's seen quite a bit of play, I think, thus far. Some are running Defiant. Others are running Supreme Overlord. It makes it difficult for the opponent because you don't know if you can intimidate or not. Mm, I love Amon. It has two good abilities. Yeah, I think as we keep losing like more and more Intimidators, because people are starting to drop off like Arcanine and uh, Gyarados because of the clear amulet. Our item that prevents stat drops, 
Uh, I think we'll definitely start to see more Supreme Overlord because, like, obviously, then Defiance not very good, right? However, because of Clear Amulet, uh, I mean, we still like Arcanine is definitely like up there in usage still. So, like, I definitely think we'll probably see a bit more Defiant in like this this early meta and as we go into San Diego regionals. But I definitely think we will not be seeing much Supreme Overlord. Uh, I also want to say that King Gambit is peak design for Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> Uh, if you have ever sent out King Gambit and um, you let it follow you, it slides around. It's very funny. And it's just sitting on its hair, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. It's is? just, I that's think it's hair. Like, yeah, yeah. It kind of looks just looks like it looks like a Roomba that's like floating around. That's what I thought it was, is like a Roomba. But I'm, I think it's supposed to be like a, like the way like a chess piece moves or like the king moves. Like a oh. I think that's the idea. I, I heard that from someone. I don't remember if that's correct though. Yeah, a King's Gambit. There's a. It is a chess move, I, I believe. Okay, I guess. Okay, that must be that must be the reference then. That sounds cool. Which is cool. Fits the flavor. The bishop. Oh yeah. The pawn. Or other people just call it lazy animation, but I think it's sick. <laughs> I think um, it's intentional. Yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning that Supreme Overlord has a. It gives you a buff that's not like a regular stat buff. It's like similar yeah. to other buffs they've introduced this gen with like the ruinous mons and. Uh, like a. Like an invisible stat buff, right? Yeah. What is it? Like, is it 1.2 or? It's so 10%. Okay. Well, I guess, well, specifically Supreme Overlord is um, 10% for every Pokemon that's knocked out, right? So at most, it's going to multiply your stats by 1.3. Because you can't have four Pokemon knocked out or else you're, you've lost the game. Right, in VGC, yeah. I think it's better in singles. Mm -hmm. As with Houndstone. I've seen body press stuff happening. I don't know. I feel like it's just it's definitely a mid Pokemon for sure. Yeah, I think that it's it's definitely going to find its way onto onto some great teams that are going to do well. But I don't think it'll necessarily have the larger distribution or you know appearance on other teams like some of these others that we've talked about. Um, Goldengo, for for example, that is currently according to Picolytics the highest usage at twenty point nine one percent. Um, of the newest uh, of the new Pokemon that have been introduced, it's really found its place on hyper offense. It seems where it's if it's able to go first, it's doing a ton of damage, especially when paired with Murkrow. Um, it's able to eliminate eliminate those stat drops thanks to Prankster Haze on subsequent turns. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, uh, I definitely want to talk about the the menace that is Dondozo and Tatsugiri. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely something that's. I mean, if you showed Dondozo and Tatsugiri to somebody from like 2016, they'd probably freak out. Um, considering that Xerneas, it's it's kind of like Xerneas, but on on steroids. Um, however, I would argue that it's more balanced. I think you're right because with Dondozo, I mean, people aren't running max speed on it, so its base speed stat is 35, and its attack stat is 100. Its defense is 115. Its HP at 150 is pretty significant considering that without any investment at all it sits at 225 um, at level 50 so you do get that plus two in speed but since you're already starting from so so low um, you have to invest a lot of speed to really be outspeeding things so you're able to tank and then deal back damage how have you been utilizing dundozo definitely more on the bulkier side i definitely think max speed is incorrect i've seen people do like rest sleep talk stuff now because they, they want to win the mirror uh with fissure but uh, I know it's kind of crazy, right? Because Fissure and VGC, what, right? Like, it's not very consistent at all, but, like, would you rather be sitting there for 20 minutes or do you want to end the game with one move? That's kind of the question that you have to ask yourself. 
30% of the time hits every time. Exactly. That's, you just got to believe, right? Like heart of the cards kind of thing. Exactly. I kind of want to talk about Tatsugiri too. Um, I know Don Dozo is kind of the star of the show, but Tatsugiri is the commander after all, as its ability calls it. And so what does commander do? Uh, so effectively, when you're, if you have both of them on the field at the same time, so you can like U-turn into this or you can switch into it, Don Dozo will eat Tatsugiri this is very, this is not, this has never happened before. Um, this is the first time I ever had an ability like this. It eats the Tatsugiri, so it's still technically on the field, so you can target it, but it will not do anything if you do. And you boot, you double all the stats on your uh, Don Dozo. However, you cannot switch anymore with either. Um, and you can also not, actually, yes, yeah, so you, you, you can't switch, you can't switch on Tatsugiri either. Um, so it's basically a 1v2, which makes it effectively pretty balanced, I would argue. I agree. I think it's a really, really interesting mechanic that they have introduced um, because Tatsugiri isn't a slouch on its own. I mean, it has, I think, like 120 or 125 special attacks, so it can do some damage. I've seen choice scarf sets um, or some sets that people were running were trying to have it die in the mouth of Dondozo. That way you can then bring out your other Pokemon because you keep the stat boost. Um, but then at the same time, you're effectively killing your own Pokemon um, which may not help you in the long run. Yeah, I definitely think the... Uh, I know Spice and I were talking about this earlier, but the Toxic Orb set is definitely kind of mid, especially with... Because um, like if they ever have a Jesus, right, it's not really going to work. Uh, I understand it's for Flamigo and its ability Cost Star, which copies the Dondozo stat boost when you switch it in, but um, getting that off is really hard. To, and you're also basically down a mod the entire game. I think that works in a best of one, but certainly not in a best of three situation. Unless you don't have an answer, then you're still out game two. I guess that, that was, that's probably just poor team building then, I guess. Um, True. I, hope, I think most teams should probably have uh, an answer, especially since like Amoongus is probably, I would argue, the best Pokemon of the format currently. Right. I guess we are five days into Gen 9, so it'll catch you by surprise uh, today, but... Not. I think going, going into San Diego Regionals, uh, I do not think it will win. Oh, definitely not by January, no. Just some week one stuff, but it seems like the meta today is the Hydreigon, Golden Go, Murakuro Core, or you're doing the Tatsugiri, um, Dondozo stuff. There's your uh, ladder climbing, you know, trios. For sure. I also, um, I know I said earlier, uh, Golden Go is the pinnacle of ghost types in this gen, but we definitely did got a, we did get a couple others that I want to talk about. Um, specifically, Serial Edge, uh, Annihilate and also Skeledurge is too are all really good ghost types that are that should be that we should talk about at least a little bit. I'm personally a fan of the uh, Lum Annihilate or Lumberry Annihilate with uh, Rage Fist, Drain Punch, uh, Bulk Up Protect. It's definitely it's something that um, it kind of plays similar to like the Iron Defense Body Press stuff, but it's a bit more offensive and a bit more proactive. Yeah, Annihilate is definitely a force to be reckoned with. For those that don't know, Annihilate is the regional evolution of Primate using Rage Fist 20 times and then leveling it up. It is absolutely incredibly strong. Um, I think it's even stronger as Annihilate than Primate would be, you know, bulk-wise if you were to give it an Eviolite. Its signature move, Rage Fist, increases the base power of its attack. What is it, by plus 50 for each attack that it's taken? Yeah, and it caps at 300. Uh, I want to mention massive. that all the mal- all the mons that got new evolutions, old mons, they definitely beefed them up enough to make you not choose the Eviolite. 
Agreed. I think they saw Porygon 2 and were like, that's a mistake. 100%. Uh, but um, another way I've also seen people run Annihilate is the Toy Scarf set with Final Gambit. This has been seen in the past with Star Raptor, and that was nice because you had Intimidate 2 on that. However, um, Star Raptor's base HP is not terrible. Well, it was pretty high, but it wasn't high enough to take KOs on some bulkier things. However, uh, the Annihilate with base 110 health, and I, it's slightly slower than Town or um, Star Raptor, so technically you could lose to it if, you, if they Brave Birded you, but that extra, like, Amount of HP that you get is definitely very useful to, for, for taking some key knockouts for anything that's base 110 HP or lower. Yeah, some of those that are noteworthy below that 110 mark Garchomp, Kapowdon, uh, Roaring Moon, if we see that in a format in the future, Gar uh, Garganacle, um, Zumaril, Palafin, both the regular and the hero forms are all under 110. Um, so I think that Final Gambit certainly does a lot of damage, uh, assuming that it's not getting redirected or something. Yeah, I definitely think the final gambit set's pretty solid, and it's definitely it's it's nice that you can at least run it the two different ways. I think uh, I, I so, so something I want to talk about really quickly. Um, Sarah Ledge and Skeletor are both Pokemon that we saw recently, uh, specifically the Limitless VGC event that happened this past weekend. Having access to bulk up and on, and another Pokemon was just unaware, as we saw with Dondozo, are both really good options, specifically for just that's something I've just noticed, like. Bulk up and unaware and all these like stallish abilities are definitely going to be popping up more and more just as counters to deal with uh, Dondozo and such. I agree. I am very excited to see how the meta is going to change and evolve. Uh, we're already seeing some wrinkles pop up here and there with Choice Band, Meowskarada, or even to your point, Fisher on Dondozo for the mirror match. So a lot more to certainly to uncover and we will be here trying to help you navigate that as best as possible. So let's wrap up here with some getting to know the host. So first off, everybody always wants to know, what is your favorite Pokemon? Alex, we'll start with you. Competitively, I think it would probably be Zygarde. I've, I've used it in the past. It's the most successful team I've ever made. But casually, just as like a playthrough mon, I'd probably say like a Zoomerel. I'm definitely, I'm a big fan of the little bunny. Is that where the name originates or what? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's where the it's AZ kind of came from. The logo originally had like the little flower from uh, what's oh, like from X and Y, but I got rid of it because I thought the Israel design looked cooler. Nice, thank you, Azulay. Yeah, no problem. How about you? Also, Zygarde is uh, very choice. I liked it a lot. Competitively, I'm not really sure. I like to force in some of my favorite mons into competitive, even when they shouldn't be. For example, my favorite Pokemon is Typhlosion. And yes, I am a Gen 2 stan. Guilty. But I do also appreciate a good Scarf Eruption. This doesn't get old to me. I just laugh every time. I mean, you also have access to Frisk now through uh, Hisui and Typhlosion's new hidden ability. Mm, and Frisk is pretty important these days. A little bit more than it used to be. Well, actually, uh, I think regular Typhlosion gets Flashfire, right? Yeah, I, I just meant like either of them because I'm pretty sure they're both going to get eruption and be able to do that stuff. Yeah, and the fire ghost type in might be nice. I mean, we've seen like Chandelure in the past, which is really nice. And also, I guess Sarah Ledge now, too. Yeah, it is always nice to uh, be immune to fake out when you're choice scarfed. Yeah. I think for me, my favorite is definitely Gyarados. Um, I love the, love the design. I love the lore going from Magikarp into Gyarados. I like that it's always been balanced with that four times super effective, you know, from Electric. And I could even use it now because um, it gets, you know, Terra Ground into Earthquake sounds pretty fun. 
to eliminate that electric damage right away. Yeah, it just it just gets better, right? Because Terra gets rid of that four times weakness. Absolutely. Yep. The uh, Gen One Intimidate Mons stay strong. They're always in the meta. Yes, they are, and maybe that's something that we'll get into in our next episode. So certainly stay tuned for that. Um, that'll be our next class. So thank you both so much for joining me on this first episode of the BGC Trainer School podcast. I certainly look forward to chatting with you some more in the future. And thank you all for those listening at home for uh, sticking with us to the end. If you want to get involved, you can check us out on Discord at VGC Trainers School. Or if you want to send us an email, if you have any questions or just comments for the show, you can reach out to us at trainersschoolpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll check them out and see if it's something we can get on the show. So thank you all again and have a great rest of your day.